Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, episode 41. I'm Nick Cole. I'm Single White Medusa. You sound very uh, velvety and confident today. Is it because you're having an adult beverage? Maybe so. A healthy adult beverage that has health tonic ingredients, too. (laughs) So I feel healthy and fun. It has healthy booze. (laughs) Well, it has booze and like a kanji probiotic tea (laughs) and orange bitters, which I think are also kind of, you know, healthy. And what is kanji? So kanji probiotic tea, I was like, what is that? And she was, she said, I don't know that she knew the exact details, but she said, well, it's like made out of a bunch of vegetables that they kind of ferment in the sun for seven days. I was like, okay, sounds a little scary, but then it must be safe because they've been using it for a while. So, yeah, so it's really good. I didn't tell you what the name of it is, and I can't even say it without saying it in code. What? <laughs> it's called a botanical B word. A botanical bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't you say bitch? That's just a know. female dog. You know me. Well, I usually say B just yeah. to be nicer about it. <laughs> I can imagine some dry-voiced liberal Sander Fluke type, type husk going, uh, have you had the botanical bitch yeah. here? It's so good for you. I feel like the bartender girl that made it for me was uh, kind of like that. But I, I, I was, kept being nice to her, and I, I felt like I won her over. Yeah, you felt that she had, like, a degree in feminist studies or something like that. She had some tattoos. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had some piercings. Yeah, and she just was, like, not yeah. super friendly. She's probably but... carrying about a hundred to 200000 in in educational debt. Yeah. And here she is um, making botanical bees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. Where were we the other day? Oh, and, and then there's the opposite, because... This is anniversary week for mm-hmm. Single White Medusa and I, in which we celebrate her bad choice of deciding to hitch her star to uh, a known extremist. No, nope. second best choice in my life. And, um, and, uh... First best choice, becoming a Christian, obviously. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and, um, then we were at a restaurant down on the peninsula yesterday, Ugh. and that was like an OC player place. And so we had the opposite of the dry husk Sandra Fluke. We had the overripe party girl mm-hmm. who, who like, is just drunk and cackles. A whole table of them. That would be a conversation between the two of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, they seemed very sad. And the whole restaurant ended up being very sad. It looked nice. Yeah. It had a beautiful yeah. view. And it was, like, the worst food that we ever had it's a good thing we just had a couple appetizers what was my yelp review i was going to write for them it was a sometimes you encounter a restaurant that makes you redefine the word bad and this is that restaurant yeah yeah sad really was sad stuff but you know life is rough that's what we do i yelled at a kid today that was fun for me Let's see. Oh, like you mean like a little boy, like yeah, a, a little boy. toddler. <laughs> yeah, I yelled at a toddler today, so that's kind of hero I am. It wasn't too bad though. Let's replay the situation. Let I think replay. you were, I think you were right in what you did. Yeah, to to emotionally smack down on him. Today we were having a he salad. Went, he went and cried to his mother. 
<laughs> and I didn't feel bad at all. That's no. what a horrible person I am. Well, he was acting up in the extreme. He was a little golden boy. He was. He a little, looked like a golden boy. He was boy. a little blonde golden boy. We were having lunch in a restaurant, and he kept acting up. And the mom kept saying, you know, now, now Tyler, now you stop. Now Tyler, behave. Now Tyler, sit down. And Tyler wasn't behaving, stopping or sitting down. I mean. Literally, Tyler was acting like he was on crack. I yeah. mean, it was like was insane. Crack. And I'm a big fan of little boys being on crack because that's the natural state of little boys when you give them sugar, which is known as food, you know, <laughs> which they rapidly cons- cons- convert into sugar energy. And then it's important at lunch to be near a field where they can then toss a ball up in the air and play a game called Smear the Queer. And just wipe each other out. That's what little boys need to do. And I'm a big fan of that. Taking a little boy to a restaurant and making him sit there and behave is a good exercise. But if you're going to do it, do it. So you play my part. I, I just played her part. Now, Tyler, behave. Now, Tyler, do this. Okay. And then you, you were be like... be me. And so you say to the little boy, Hey, when your mom tells you to do something, you listen. And, and they, then, like, he kind of, like, what did he, he do? He's sort of, like, and you're, like, nope. I mean you it. listen to your mom. I mean it. <laughs> and then the mom looks at me, like, are you kidding? Yeah. But... And, and to look in my eyes and to see a look that I can do would tell her immediately, no, I'm not kidding. But uh, I will say yeah. that I see a lot of people give you a look of shock when you say, when you know, when you kind of call them out. Right. And a lot of times they look kind of angry and shocked. She didn't look angry and shocked. She, to me, she looked amused and shocked. I think she almost kind of thought it was funny, like, but that she was, she was still so surprised yeah. by it. But she just, like, her mouth was open. But she didn't look mad. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Then Tyler but went, you know what? Then Tyler went. He and went cried. over and he, he like very quietly cried, like started crying to his mom, and he laid her, his head in her lap. But then you know what? He didn't really act up very much for the whole rest of the time. Definitely a noticeable improvement. And I was like, you know what? His, it worked. His gentle weeping made me happy. <laughs> You're so black Irish. <laughs> my my salad literally tasted better because of it. <laughs> like, at first I was halfway. I'm like, this is okay. But once Tyler started weeping, <laughs> I was like, this salad is... Mom listens to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Now she's going to tell me the name. Now, Bo? They don't know that you're called Bo. You have to that's explain right. that one. Well, that's a mystery. Can we just explain it? No, it I like the mystery. <laughs> Nicole, when your husband... Single white Medusa? When your husband says what to do, you do it. Now gently weep and make my coffee better. <laughs> <laughs> this coffee tastes great. I'm having a Phil's Jacob's Wonder Bar today, and it's excellent. To the, the accompaniment of gentle weeping. <laughs> I know. I kind of like quietly told you, like, he's crying now, and you're like... Who cares? Don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, let, him, okay. let him sob. It's good for him. Because when I was a kid and dad, you know, dads or men in the neighborhood of a certain age or whatever beat down on you verbally, yeah, it's shaming and, and embarrassing, but it's good for you. Because you know you what? Know, you remember it. Yeah. The next time when you go, oh, yeah. I don't want that to happen, and then you yeah. don't do it. Kids love boundaries. They mm-hmm. love it. It's like mm-hmm. there is a great angry cops today um, in which he talks about this total shitbird. Um, who who made a <laughs> Can video? Can you say his phrase about that? That was pretty funny. What was it? Bird, well, s birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> yeah, shit birds of a feather flock <laughs> together. About this girl in the army 
who decided to make a video about how to get out of the army. So if you go over to Angry Cops and check that out, I, I definitely recommend it. But he brings up this really brilliant part. Um, you know, he was saying that when he was training privates and things like that, they would come to him and say, I want to quit. I can't take it. It's horrible. And he would say, okay, I will talk to you about quitting after you do this obstacle course. And then they would go do the obstacle course. And he was like, and then you'd forget about quitting because you did something and you got a sense of accomplishment. The, the reality is, is people like boundaries because they, 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 they need those things instead of what we've arrived at the, in the society, which is there's nothing wrong with everything and everything is unlimited boundaries and everything is okay unless we decide morally, because we just invented these new morals that you all have to figure out, like trigger words and safe spaces and all these kinds of things. But if it, if it doesn't bother our pet projects, which advance our globalist great reset leap forward agenda, then there are no boundaries. You can make love to a penguin. And, and that's kind of where we're at now. And that's not, that's not reality. Reality is fire burns, water's wet, women have secrets. Name what movie that comes from. And I don't know. What is it? Well, it's the last, well, then people wouldn't know and they wouldn't put it in the comments, but I'll, okay. maybe they'll tell you in the comments. Okay. Everybody water's wet, fire burns, women have secrets. Okay. <laughs> tell us in the comments if you know what it's from. So, uh, that was our day, and you can see it's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. But I have a particular brand of fun <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of other people don't have. Oh, I did an, you remember my act at Target yesterday? Oh, I love that yeah. one. That was awesome. Yeah. I committed, I committed a hate crime at Target yesterday. It was fun. I call it an act of patriotic yeah. you know, standing for it was right. fun it was so good they had their little pride rack out there you know with the stupid slogans that they're trying i even gay people i know freaking hate corporate the corporate you know uh um sort of ownership of their new christmas you know where apparently you know the gay people were living in slavery to pharaoh and then they were set free by gay moses <laughs> But, um, you know, uh, legitimately, I know a lot of gay people who really can't stand the corporate um, sort of push on this stuff. And, and and when Target has these, you know, love is love and end hate and rainbow stuff, I mean, it's just corporate shilling. Those people, and I and I know people that work at those corporations who are gay, and they're like, it's the most shameless, nihilistic, you know, uh, craven cash grab out there. So I had no problem with taking the racks of clothes that were on wheels and then just turning them so that no one could see them. See, what happens is, like, okay, I point out the pride racks of clothes, and we're annoyed. And he's, like, starts to walk over there, like, let's do something. So I think we're let's just... do some stuff. I think we're doing the old flip the magazine around backwards on the magazine rack that's kind of offensive. And so, like, I go over and I flip one of the shirts, you know, just backwards. So it's... But Nick's, like... Nick has a whole nother idea. Oh no, we're wheeling the whole <laughs> whole rack like sideways. <laughs> so no one can see it. It was great. Yeah. And we did our little shopping all around Target, and when we walked out of the store, no one had noticed. Because it's like because that. it's a like, yeah. because it's a major corporation, and the only caring that goes on at a major corporation, um, there's two types of caring that go on at a major corporation. There is the officially Fifth Avenue carefully constructed caring program mm -hmm. you know they, they say our company stands for these values 
you know, lately, you know, you like in, in the 2000s, it was we stand for patriotism and the flag and, you know, these kinds of things because that was popular. And mm-hmm. then now it's, you know, we stand for inclusivity and diversity and, and whatever you tell us to stand for, we stand for that. We're the care. We're the company that cares. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one who is actually working there cares because they're there actually just to get a paycheck. They don't believe your corporate philosophy or anything like that. They don't enforce it anyway because there really is no need to enforce it. There are not like white hillbilly American flag trucks driving down the baby aisle, beating women and raping them and making them have straight babies. Mm -hmm. That's not happening at Target. In fact, nothing that, you know, no one's pushing Bryce Michael Christopher down in the houseware section saying, you can't have a spatula, you gay. You know, (laughs) none of these things that they stand for in their value. There's no checker going, hey. You know, mixed race couple. I'm not letting you into my line. Mm-hmm. None of these things are going on, and yet the Fifth Avenue sort of, you know, corporation that cares. These people who have advanced an agenda where they're like, you know, we we will sell a marketing plan to the corporations of America to make it seem like they care without any of these sort of wage slaves, uh, the pyramid slaves who who have to drag the blocks of corporate commerce up the side of the, the the pyramid every day and lever them into place be they toilet paper or you know bulk commerce proletariat clothing at, at old navy um, none of these people care about that stuff no 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 one cares about anything that anybody says now there is another brand of caring and it's really great when you meet it and i met it yesterday i'm uh, um, i was getting a cup of coffee while saying ghost prize and while single white medusa was getting her um lovely mane uh, cared for and colored. It's a, it's a, a single white Medusa's hair because it's filled with snakes. Um, is an entire week long process. It's a lot of pomp. It's a lot of circumstance. The various factions and entities that are involved in the work on her hair. There, I mean, there is some. I would tell you, like, and I'm not being, I'm not making this up. This is not hyperbole this week. But there were literally some Machiavellian shenanigans worthy of the Medici's and all those other Italian families that used to stab each other in the back in the 15th century involving her hair this week. You know, like, so it's it's a very prized, coveted thing at her hair salon to work on her hair. And a new a new uh, Medici has risen to, to cut her hair. The knife has been inserted in the competitor. And so it's a whole thing. So it's interesting. So... I'm, I bowed out of this. I did stir the pot when I could, because that's what I do. I don't think you bowed out. You helped the decision-making yeah. process. Yeah. I did. Well, I stirred the pot when I could, and I've still got one little more little knife to do shoot. Do you want to explain? You're being very cryptic. No, we will. We okay. can. That could be a podcast this later, because maybe no one cares about your hair. Okay. My snakes. Your snakes. My Medusa snakes. But there's one little more move i got to play here. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm having my coffee, and I get this great waiter at this normal sort of, like, hipster place... You know, we're organic and, you know, we don't, we, all our salad is diverse and our vegetables are all, you know, grown in safe spaces. And But it's my only place to kind of get there and do word count, work on uh, Forgotten Ruin 4 and get some stuff banged out and have a nice cup of coffee. Um, generally, it's a medium cup of coffee, but they have a, they have a chia seed muffin and it's a nice area and I can kind of get some work done and, and be a part of the vibe and, and, and it's enjoyable. But the help is like, I colored my hair. I have tattoos. Like, all of these people who, if they actually listen to this podcast, would spit in my coffee. But yesterday, I got this amazing dude named Cesar. 
And Cesar is a truck driver, and he's decided to become a waiter. And I'm pretty sure he's some kind of Mexican, recently emigrated kind of dude. And his service was great, and he was so kind, and he was so, like, down on the everybody. And I would listen to him interact with everybody, and he was like, he was what a corporation dreams for. And finally, when it was time to pay, and I just really overtipped him, I said, I want to let you know, you are a great waiter. And he tells me his story. He says, I was driving a truck and I hated it. I was lonely. I like people. He goes, I, I've just only had this job for three weeks. And I'm like, you are going to go places. You are going to do great. And I and I just really enjoyed this. He's like, someday I want to have my own restaurant. I go, let me know because I'm coming there. You know, so great guy. So that's the other side of corporate caring that you'll occasionally get. You will occasionally, because there's the Fifth Avenue, like we've built you a caring package that requires no participation. It's just we've put these slogans up, we've put these sayings up, all these kinds of things. Uh, these are the corporate values. Uh, you can do it in your advertising commercial, but don't worry, Tina over on aisle six, you know, she won't need to actually care in any way, shape, or form. The stalkers, the checkers, the boxers, you know, none of this, none of the, as long as they don't come in with like a, a MAGA hat, it'll all be great, you know, and, and you will officially care. And the the mafia, uh, the leftist mafia, the you know Antifa and all the people who like who are intolerant of you know who 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 are who, what is it intolerant of intolerance, you know and the people who who want you to live forever and are willing to kill you to do it uh, with the mask, <laughs> exactly the vaccine, all those kinds of things. Um, they will go, oh, I just love Target because of their policies, not their people. But the opposite side of that is occasionally you get these people like Cesar. You know, I can name others at other restaurants and places that I go. And they really actually care. And then that that actually, despite the dumbassery of that corporation, makes me come back just for them. You know why? Because it's just about the exchange of a pleasant time and a cup of coffee. I really don't care what your social justice policies are. It doesn't make the coffee taste any better. I miss the times or you know how it used to be where you weren't bombarded with that at every turn like you right. know people like it was sort of like politics were kind of separate like a separate yeah. thing in people's lives more co compartmentalized but I miss that like because now it's like you're just bombarded with it everywhere in everything and like you know for us you're pretty much always bombarded with people who disagree with you um, you know, forcing it in your face constantly, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was like ah. it was peak for me because I went to a movie theater chain right after COVID, the co the the scamdemic, and they the theater chain paid Matthew McConaughey to do a paid announcement, they but they didn't even pay for his hair and makeup. You know, spoiler: when stars don't have hair and makeup, they look a little rough. <laughs> and uh, so like the rest of us, he looked rough remember. to me. Okay. He looked a little unkempt. Mm -hmm. And he, it was this whole hats off to how theater workers are heroes. Yes. And I was all, no, they're just doing their job. Yeah. They're not heroes. Like I think, I think you're watering down hero. It's just like, I mean, it's even more so about heroes, what you're saying. But when I was in the opera world, people got annoyed that the word diva was overused as well. Like, in the opera world, a diva is kind of like the top level of soprano soloists that are like international stars and everything like that the best of the best 
and like that suddenly like everyone's a diva, you know, um, this pop singer and this one, and you're like, oh, they, they do their own thing and they're popular, but that's not really like an actual diva. But what I'm really anyway, glad about hero, is that, that teachers are no longer heroes because for about 20 years we had to labor under the delusion that teachers were heroes. And, and then now because of the scamdemic and seeing how the unions basically worked to destroy the lives of children so they didn't have to teach. I don't think anybody will ever be misusing the general usage of heroes for the general teacher population. You will now actually have to be a hero teacher. You know, you will have to do heroic things and say, I'm a teacher, so, you know, of course I'm a hero. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they're probably still trying to say it because they're shameless. No one's buying it. No one's buying it. it. I don't know if you're paying attention to the tiger mobs and tiger dads out there roasting the school boards. No one's buying it. I love it. (laughs) We got some topics today. It's not all just us. Yeah. It's not all just our exciting, glamorous life of going around crushing the spirits of little Tyler's. There's there's more to this podcast. Exactly. I think uh, the first one we were going to talk about was... Regarding a video that you played for us this morning, um, so you might say more about it. I don't know. Tell me about who the video because I can barely remember. Yeah. This video. So it was about the Capitol Police expansion that is just unbelievable. The Stasi-like expansion of the Capitol Police that's going on. Yeah. This was John Barnes, and I think another guy, and I wasn't really too familiar with him, but John Barnes is, is a law guy, and he's got. Uh, a good Twitter handle, and I think uh, he's over on uh, the fans page that Dave Rubin runs and stuff like that. So some interesting takes, and so I was a little vexed initially, like, you know, I, I understand the histronics of the constant Salem witch trial that um, the left is making out of January 6th, and and I really do believe that is a, that, you know, I mean, people keep saying, like, I wonder when the Reichstag moment will come. You know, everybody in this podcast is smart enough to know about the Reichstag moment, so we won't even devolve into that. If you do, just post it. If you don't, just post it in the questions and uh, comments, and everybody will will talk about that. But I guess I would say I think we've had the Reichstag moment because I think that moment is January 6th, and it does seem that the left in no way, shape, or form wants to move on beyond that moment and instead wants to really mine that moment for as much as possible. And so I was a little vexed when I think a week ago, like when you're hunting down Lego sets because you think that they were some sort of sand table for the terrorist takeover of the Capitol, like you, you, you've turned it into your Reichstag moment. You, you, you're just, you're just like literally, you know, you're like Charles Bronson in the great escape. You're just digging a tunnel, you know, you're just, you're in there just digging. So anyways, um, the, the thing of it is, is they're trying to make the most out of this moment. And when they announced that the, the Capitol Police were going to be setting up offices in other states, I thought, well, that's an odd move, and I don't necessarily understand it. John Barnes went in and just explained what that move is all about, and it's actually quite interesting. And it's it's a deft move uh, for um, scumbag fascists, to say, you know, mildly the future Tylers of America. Um, The Capitol Police are only charged with guarding two buildings. So the Capitol Police are little more than glorified security guards. These are not cops, 
like as in like these are not cops who are on patrol doing detective work you know interacting with the community and stuff like that these are people like like basically standing watch and and if you've ever seen like capital police force you know you're not it's not your best it, it, it's 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 union guys with a union job there have been a lot of scandals with them but anyways the big surprise to me was they're only charged with guarding two two buildings they don't actually guard the supreme court they don't guard the white house they just guard the two buildings at the capitol okay great but here's where and now they want to open other offices and you would be like well why do security guards need to open offices and other other things and and the obvious answer is you're thinking like well you know they they want to continue to make hay out of this january 6th insurrection moment that would have been what i would have said before i heard this and i would have said okay i think you know that makes sense to me in this constant salem witch trial moment to to get the girls to hyperventilate more and accuse goody trump of of making smoke <laughs> go down the tr- the chimney at midnight while a black crow crowed like a chicken you know that kind of thing that's that's that is the level of the left's argument effectively so um no they got uh i want to say it was 50 billion oh two, really was it two billion it was, it was two, two billion. yeah <laughs> it was it was 50 billion that's <laughs> everybody's getting a tesla in the capital go- you know so anyways you get a tesla you get a tesla two billion is still a lot two billion is still a lot of, of taxpayer uh, money as fred flintstone used to say two billion is still a lot of clams <laughs> exactly but if you were in flintstone times you could just go down to the beach and get more clams exactly you didn't need to work for who is flood flintstone's boss at the quarry mr stone i don't know Mr. Stone Rock or something like that. I don't, yeah, I don't really remember him seeing episodes where he went to work very much. I don't know. He did go to work okay. every day. The whole episode, the whole show was based on him going Maybe to work. Maybe was paying more attention to Wilma and Betty. <laughs> I don't know. And Pebbles and Bam Bam. I remember Fred and Barney a little bit, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't remember it that much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when you don't <laughs> like people, you call them Barney Rebel. Well, no, that's not true. It, uh, there's just a particular person that we know. Who has been equated to Barney Rubble? We didn't come up with that. Someone else came up <laughs> with that, and we're like, "Yeah, that's right. They okay. are very Barney Rubble." <laughs> so, um, anyways, the reason that they're they're expanding and opening the offices in other states and cities is they got two billion dollars from the Congress. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. The Capitol Police fall directly under they're the only police force that falls directly under the purview purview is a good word Mm -hmm. of the congress meaning they are nancy pelosi and chuck schumer's personal police force the two billion dollar mandate says that they are now allowed to develop their own intelligence service and hire investigatory agents so this move and it's really smart when you really think about it they are now forming a federal police force that directly reports to Congress that will do intelligence and an investigation stuff. And that gives them an incredible amount of power. And of course, the Republicans are sitting there saying, well, this is not a bad thing because eventually we'll get our hands on it. It'll be great for us. Instead of standing for what's right and what's wrong, you know, the Congress should not have its own police force. That's the, the, the that's they're not a governing they're not a governing body like a state or a municipality a municipality or things like that. Um, this is this is you know all, we are we have already had enough 
problems with internecine agency warfare. We don't need another agency in the hands of political people who are not going to use it to solve crimes, but to wage political warfare on each other and each other's enemies and things like that. So really bad idea. But of course, since we are dominated by a Democratic supermajority, in essence, and almost not just the three factions of government, but the press and media and everything, since everything is deep captured right now by the left, of course, this is where bad ideas go to have a new life. As someone put it, the left is the only group of people that can constantly fail upwards. So the Capitol Police didn't do their job on January 6th. They did not defend the Capitol. Um, apparently, Trump did ask for the National Guard. That's coming out. Cash Patel is saying that. Um, they. I don't think Trump incited a riot. I don't think anybody actually rioted. All that happened was the police were either complicit in this or they did an ignorantly bad job. Like nothing like in the movies, we're always told like the plucky little intelligence agency solves the big caper, stops the crime, and then they get a promotion and they go up. Nope. In reality, by doing your job as horribly badly as the Capitol Police did, they were rewarded with a two billion dollar budget and more powers to do worse at to grow that's i mean that is that is really what government is is just like and i think christ kind of described it in a certain analogy i don't know that he's talking about government he was actually talking about the church but like it's a giant tree that grows unnaturally big and is just overrun by corruption and sin so and that's government like the worse it does as, as we've all talked about government's answer to the mistakes that government creates is more government and it's absolutely out of control. And, and I, I'm hoping we're going to reach a moment where we smack down on government and say, actually, it's not more. It's less. You need to be restrained. You need to be taken down. Like, But I don't know. That's a big order. But if we're ever going to do it, I think everybody's right there at that moment. So that was an interesting thing. And we'll keep an eye on the Capitol uh, Stasi that's now forming to come after us. I'm sure that won't be misused on people like me and stuff like that. People mm -hmm. have been back channeling me and saying... I think you're I think you're saying some things that are going to um, cause them not to like you and you should be careful. And I am being careful. And, and that and you're probably already. A target. I'm probably but I've always been probably. a target. I just you know, but I'm a little guy. I don't think anybody's going to be upset about it. But I do think that the left uh, is pretty nasty, pretty vicious. But I think this stuff is important. So I'm going to keep talking about it. And I think we all like the conversation and. And someone's got to talk about it. Hopefully that encourages more people to talk about it. And we can turn this around because there is no other place to go. Mm -hmm. This America, this is the meal. So what's the next topic? The next topic, I think JR maybe brought to our attention in one of the comments today um, about the unready Navy. In the Navy, be all that you can be. Um, I think this is the entire, you know, it's the war on the military right now. Um, and this is, a, I mean, like, I mean, the Navy is already a problem in a lot of ways. Uh, I feel bad for the Navy because I have a strong belief that if anything does happen with China, I don't know that we're, I, I think both sides are loathe to fight on each other's territory. Um, it's definitely going to be about Taiwan or korea or pakistan possibly but in a lot of the situations that i can see where i think china is going to try to push us i think it is going to be a deep water engagement 
And I feel bad for the Navy that they're going through these exercises where it's more important to walk in heels and carry a gay flag than to learn how to steer the ship, learn how to do your job and things like that. And I actually, this summer, um, got to go down and see the USS Nimitz and talk to some of the docents, which are all former service members who have served on it. And they were really proud of their ship. And it was really an exciting thing. And that like, just, I, I didn't know that much about the Navy. I learned a lot that day and I had a lot of respect. I don't think that's the case now. I think that there's just like in a lot of things, just like the fifth Avenue, you know, we're going to make target all about inclusivity and diversity so that we can sell more candles. I think with the Navy, they don't have any candles to sell and, and they really do. You can just look at the secretary of defense and realize this guy is a huge diversity hire he has a huge axe to grind against everybody. And you can see Millie, and you can realize that this dude's just trying to ride it out to pension, and he's going to say whatever he needs to say. And these are all, I'm not going to say this is all fine, well, and good. It's not. It's a complete dereliction of your duty. It's a violation of your oath to the Constitution. You are not protecting America. You are harming America, all these kinds of things. But the chance that you're going to be riding in a Humvee in some third world shithole, or be deep out to sea when scrambling, side-widening supersonic Chinese missiles are inbound and you can't get the phalanx gun system active because you were training more on, uh, you know, trigger words and things like that. Yeah, you guys probably, SecDef and, and Joint Chief Guy, you're probably not going to be involved in that. But there's going to be some little scared-to-hell kids who are trying to do it and they're going to die. And that's on you. And that's on you. And that is on you. And if I were that kind of parent, I'd come and take it out of your ass. And there needs to be a lot more of that, I think, in this life. I think when kids get hurt by people who hurt them, you're never too old as a parent to go and get your pound of flesh. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, and then finally, you're finally. Gonna talk is there about... a finally? The finally would be when this car is bullet riddled on an alley and. You're crawling away, and I'm dead. That'll be the finally. I mean, the way things are these days, that could be any day now. That'd be great. I would love it. I would love it! (laughs) We're armed even in this car, so we got a little arsenal in here. When they want to kill you, they're going to kill you. Yeah, that's true. Well, at least you'll go out like a a hero. (laughs) Hey, how how did they say it in Strange Company? The company would appreciate it if you could expend as much ammunition on their behalf as possible. And I've kind of made that my personal motto, like... You know, anyways. Yeah. You were going to talk about Paul Thomas Walker and Haiti. Yeah, Haiti was an interesting thing that blew up. You know, there's there's a few things going on there. Haiti's a weird place. I've been to the other side of that island, which is the Dominican Republic, and I liked it. But um, Haiti was interesting because I still kind of go with my primary theory about the whole thing is that I think it was a message to Trump. Uh, the guy who was assassinated was the former president of Haiti. Um, you mean when he was assassinated, he wasn't currently the president? Uh, I think he was the former president, oh. actually. I, I think there's some sort of internal power struggle. So I think he was the former. He may have been whatever. But I do think that it was a message to Trump as a former president in a tropical locale. Um, basically, I think that they were communicating to him. Because he is becoming dangerous. Like, oh, and, and I think they did it on Saturday night when Trump was at um, UFC. Oh. 
so I think that they were trying to say to Trump, like, if you continue down this course, and and it does look like you know the the, the election recounts and audits are causing disruption. Um, I don't know how far that's going to go, but it's interesting, and it, it's not a light thing because. Biden is going to Pennsylvania and saying this is this is this is the big lie like you can tell Biden's worried by how much he's talking about it if it's if it's nothing you have nothing to worry about shut up Mm -hmm. but instead he's literally surfacing to get this stuff done so that's interesting there um I think that the state senates who are passing the election reform laws are a problem for them as evidenced by the Texas Democrats who ran away yesterday, mm-hmm. who now have an arrest warrant issued for them by their governor and the sergeant at arms. So that's all very interesting. So you can tell they're freaked out about the election stuff. Um, I think that they will attempt to go for Trump and physically harm him um, if, it, if, it, if it does get close enough to the, the election. I have heard that that was actually a problem uh, in the last days of the Trump administration. A, a serious problem um, and that that might have actually explained why Trump kind of chose to go relatively quietly I would say that in the time since if Trump is serious about what he's going to do he's probably hired his own private army and he's probably put a lot of things in in place he seems pretty confident so I don't know but I think it's I think it's a big cause I think what now remember the backstory on, on on Haiti is it's always been a disaster. Um, and you know it's a disaster because the Clintons are involved in there trying to, quote unquote, help. Uh, mm-hmm. The Clintons launder a lot of money through Haiti. So I think it was a message to Trump. And I think that would be made clear to Trump. They probably sent him some kind of message saying, you know... <laughs> This will be you. you A giant Haitian vegetable carved like a pumpkin and a knife through the top of it with a post-it note that says you, you know, like it could be that. But in some way, shape or form, they let him know like, hey, this could be you. You keep going down. Uh, Now, that's my primary conspiracy theory, you know, like just something to keep an eye on. I think the more likely theories and things like that are um, that this guy apparently you can go one of two ways here. You can say they were afraid that he was going to take over the government. Well, if he was the president of the former president, he already had the government, but the left is trying to advance this thing. That was really, he was a bad actor. He was a junta in these foreign mercenaries, all speaking English and Spanish from, I think it was Colombia. They intervened to save the nation. So none of that story makes any sense. Um, he already had control of the government at one point. Why would you use foreign mercenaries to do this, claiming to be U.S. agents who speak both English and um, Spanish? And if you listen to the gunfight and stuff like that, they've got some pretty heavy-duty weapons. So it was a hit squad. That's what it was. And a hit squad is primarily financed by a foreign entity. So it's not freedom fighters trying to, to restore. You know, Those people only show up if they get paid. And it costs a lot of money to finance an operation like that. So that's where that theory kind of comes apart. But that, and you can, the reason you know that theory is going to come apart is because that's the theory that the government, the, 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 the government, big tech, media are all advancing. That's why. The other more likely theory is he is one of the three 
countries, um, Haiti is one of the three countries, and he was that was his thing, that have refused the vaccine. And it's interesting. Uh, I got to kind of make sure I lock down these facts right. But, but as I have come to understand it, the three countries, I think two are in Africa and one is Haiti, that have refused to go along with the vaccines, the leaders have all died. Crazy. So I think he was saying, we're not going down the vaccine path. We don't trust it. And I think that they whacked him because of that. That's that's the more likely one for me, though I still do think it was a message to Trump. Um, I think there's a fourth conspiracy theory that I could advance. I think that the, the Clintons know in a certain way their number is up. I think Hillary Clinton is pissed because Obama did for Joe Biden what he wouldn't do for her. There's the notorious, like, on the night of the election that she lost, she was screaming, Obama didn't do enough. Why didn't he do it for me? Well, do what? Well, we know now it was rig the election, cheat, steal, use Dominion, stuff like that. Um, so there's going to come at, like, and if the Epstein thing goes, and, and I know that Ghislaine Maxwell's documents supposedly are going to come out, it would seem to me that there is enough in there to hurt the Clintons. And as I understand, Bill has his peccadilloes. But according to Bill, Hillary was a bigger freak than him. So what if somehow they're involved in all of this and, 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 and Ghislaine has some sort of dead man switch or some kind of documentation? And we know that for some reason the Clintons got it into their hard drive to really, quote unquote, help Haiti. I think that Haiti could be the place that they flee to, and I think that Haiti could be the place that they take over and run and are non-extraditable. I would put that as my fourth theory, but I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me if Hillary Clinton, I know this is where it gets, this is not cue crazy, but if I were in her position, this would be my whole card. I'd go become the president of Haiti. If I were her, what do you have to lose? You've, yeah. You'll never be president here. Your husband is a ticking time bomb. Everything that you've done, your trail of bodies are all a ticking time bomb. Obama, who is the most powerful politician in the United States right now, just screwed you. And you guys never got along. And you tried to knife him early on. So what do you think? He's going to forget? You think he's not going to get around to you? Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be stupid not to think that someday Obama's going to pay back Hillary. Really hardcore. And whenever the Democrats need to, they can flip the Bill and Hillary card and out them and buy themselves a lot of street cred. Time to clean up the Democrat Party. Bill Clinton, like most Democrats that I know, like a lot, especially a lot of the hardcore leftists, they hate the Clintons. Now, they're nutty. They, you know, they're more of the Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders crowd. But the establishment Democrats, the ones that Hillary Clinton has power and collateral over and all that kind of stuff. That's where Hillary is. She is not a full-on left nor is Bill person. They'll say those things, but they really aren't. They're actually more moderate left. But the full-on hardcore left, which is on the rise right now, which is really Obama, they hate Hillary. And the day that they need to flip the Red Queen on her, they will. And she knows that. So we could be seeing the opening move of the Clintons doing a really you know, Captain Kirk type of really scummy move and taking over Haiti for themselves. And if I was in their position, I'd do it. I love your theories. They're so They're interesting. absolutely crazy. But no, the great thing is that, though, 
You're not like a Q person. You're not saying, this is the absolute 100% truth, da-da-da. Like, you're just like, I'm a sci-fi writer, and I think of crazy stuff, and here's one thing yeah. that I can think of that it could be. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. <laughs> it's, it's like an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, it's just stuff that you think about and see, and I... I think if I had more data and I could, you know, be a fly on the wall and things like that, I could I could probably refine those theories or come up with new ones, but just looking at the moves on the outside, that's that's kind of the kind of what I see. I, I you know, uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but it it was not the aftermath is going to be interesting. How many of the because there are people that have been captured. Now, are they the Oswalds? Are they the Patsies? You know, or are they the real trigger men? I don't know. Like, it's it's really hard to, to know who's the red herring and who's the shooter. Mm-hmm. But I have utter faith in people to screw things up. Because, like, anybody who's ever worked in television or stage or, or in the military, like, knows, like, like, there's a reason you never work with pets and animals in TV. Because they will screw it up. Like, they the dog won't bark. The kid will cry, things like that. And the same thing with the military. Like, keep your plans as simple as possible. Don't get over complex. What I've known, what I've watched and observed with the left is whenever they try to do anything, they overcomplicate, especially military operations. They overcomplicate them, and then you, you run into disasters, military disasters. You run into problems and things like that. If you keep things simple, they have a tendency. But the left, they have a tendency to do well. But the left labors under this delusion that their massive intellects and brains are so Rasputin-like that they can think of a, a plan that in no way, shape, or form can fail, except the inherent complexity of the plan will cause it to fail. You know, And so that's, that's kind of their biggest problem. So in this massive, like, let's send mercenaries from Colombia up to Haiti to pretend that they're DEA agents to kill the president of Haiti, to send a message to Donald Trump or a vaccine or for Hillary Clinton to suddenly have to flee the U.S., you know, or even before that, like Hillary goes down there, I'm going to help everybody for six months. I'm St. Hillary. Oh, my gosh. The entire population has just now unanimously elected Hillary Clinton their savior, and she's El Presidente for life. Remember, Haiti has had presidents for life. Wow. Baby Doc Duvalier, president for life. That's where the term comes from. Whoa. So if you, they, they are more conditioned to accept her. And all she has to do is with her people is go down there and do that. So I could see that as a move. Wow, that's so crazy. Now I'm probably dense on this, but you had said Paul Thomas Walker and Haiti. Yeah. I don't know that name. Who, I was talking with an insider friend this weekend okay. who's a player in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of Oliver Stone. He writes stuff with him, so, you know. That kind of guy. I know. Who cool. He's cool. My He's a friend too. <laughs> um, and so he was talking about Paul Thomas Walker. So the interesting thing about Paul Thomas Walker is he's in the Fast and the Furious and all this kind of stuff. And then one day and he's really into racing and he gets into racing as a nice car and, and his partner um, in his company is is a real full on like actual race car driver. And the thing about actual race car drivers is they actually know how to drive. Like they're they're they they're very con- like if you've ever been in a car with one and I have, they're super competent at driving. Like they don't make mistakes and everything like that. These are people that are used to moving at 212 miles per hour. 
like that that's nothing for them that's slow to them as in they'll tell you like once you start moving at that speed like at first it seems fast but after a while it seems completely normal so you know just go out and get your car up to 120 or 140 today and and feel that sort of like sphincter moment where you're like I should not be doing this and the entire thing is rattling and realize you have about another 100 miles to go to get to their normal to get to their monday wow. their every day so these guys are so anyways um Paul Thomas Walker I think it was on a Saturday or Sunday is doing an event up there in Santa Clarita Calabasas and um he's at an event where there's a lot of publicity and a lot of pictures and a lot of people taking pictures because he's a movie star and everybody's into these hot cars but then for some reason he and his buddy go a few streets over and then his buddy is going you know if you read the reports because i went back and looked at a couple of videos because you, you can actually see videos of the effects of the crash as in there's no video of the actual crash happening, but you can see the tree that they hit. You can see the stuff that they go through. You you can, but the camera is positioned above the street, so you can only see sort of what happens. Then someone rolls up on the accident as the car is in flames, and you can see that too, where the guys are, you know, they're the car's on fire, and they burn to death. Um, you can't see them burning to death. But so, anyways, Paul Thomas Walker leading up to his death had been heavily involved in charities in Haiti. And supposedly he had discovered how much money the Clintons were laundering through Haiti. And he was going to out that and talk about that. Cause he seemed to be kind of an activist kind of guy, like kind of a guy with a good head on his shoulders who was going to do the right thing. And, and then suddenly um, he and his driver leave where they can be photographed and safe and are in open plain view they go over a few streets and then they're going at the reckless and insane speed of 90 miles an hour. That's at what 90 miles for a race car driver is 35. But he loses control of the car. No one sees it or anything like that. Smashes into a tree and then the car bursts into flames like in the movies. Except cars don't burst into flames like they do in the movies. Those are special effects. Apparently, 